Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let's, uh, let's go over here to uh, John's Gospel, the 13th chapter. John's Gospel. And uh, the 13th chapter we'll be looking at. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. John's Gospel and uh, the 13th chapter and um, the 34th verse is what we're going to be looking at. And uh, we're going to continue today uh, along the lines of uh, what we started last week, uh, talking about the love of God. And uh, and so uh, here in uh, John's Gospel, the 13th chapter and the uh, 34th verse, it says, A new commandment <clears throat> I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. <clears throat> How many of you know that uh, signs and wonders are good? And uh, answered prayer is good. And, uh, and those will help people, and those will cause people to look at you differently. But at the same time, he didn't say, by signs and wonders uh, will people know that you're my disciples. He said, by you loving one another will people know or recognize, hey, there's something different about that group. Uh, there's, there's a distinct, something distinctively different about them because they have love one towards another. Amen. And so we're going to read quite a few scriptures here. Uh, sometimes we could comment a lot, but I, I just like to sometimes just let the scriptures kind of speak for themselves to a certain extent. And so um, <clears throat> I like this where it says uh, a new, it, it doesn't say a new suggestion. He didn't say, well, I give you a new recommendation <laughs> that you love one another. <clears throat> he didn't say, I give you a new commandment that you love one another, um, you know, as you feel like it. It's a command uh, that you love one another. And then he says, how are you going to love one another? You love one another as I have loved you. Well, how did he love us? Well, he loved us by sacrificing his plan and his purpose and what he wanted for what God wanted. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Jesus studied and prayed and stayed up all night and went up on the mountain and prayed and sought God. And he didn't do that because he needed it. He did it because you needed it. Right. So when you love one another as he's loved you, you do things, you sacrifice mm -hmm. uh, that when it's not in your best interest, but it's in somebody else's best interest. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? And so and he didn't say this was a suggestion or a recommendation. He said this is a commandment. And uh, now, uh, we know over there in uh, Romans chapter 10, uh, verse number 8, it says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth. What do you confess? The Lord Jesus. So, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you shall be saved. The interesting thing of it is, now I know that we live in a republic, it's a form of democracy, uh, that we have a say and we have a vote and, and, you know, and we have freedom and we have liberty and stuff like that. And I think sometimes in this country and in our culture and our society, we take all those kind of ideas and concepts and try to make them 
over into God's kingdom. But did you know in God's kingdom, you don't have that. <laughs> you don't have a vote. <laughs> and you have liberty to discover and find out what He wants you to do. But it's His way or no way. <laughs> I mean, He's like, love people as I love people. And He's like, there's not an option. you got to love people. You know, he, I love this. He didn't say, you know, it's a suggestion or a recommendation. He said it's a commandment. And we don't have an option because He's our Lord. You know, like uh, we're very familiar, you know, that the Israelites were slaves for 400 years, you know. And, uh, and we know there's even slavery today. You know, there's all kinds of stuff with, uh, uh, you know, human trafficking and different things. How many you know if you're caught up in human trafficking, you don't have an option? You do what you're told. You're forced. You're made to do things. Well, the difference in God, uh, God's form of slavery, so to speak, because we're a slave. Paul said, I was a freed man, but I am a slave unto righteousness. Amen? That he says, I have bound myself as a slave to the kingdom of God. In other words, I don't have an option. I don't have a choice. I've got to walk in love. I've got to be kind. I've got to do this. And it doesn't mean, uh, you know, always being sappy and silly and, and, you know, it's always being kind. How many of you know to be kind isn't always just doing what people want you to do? Right. You know, uh, the love of God's not a pushover. But anyways, uh, let's go to Romans or Galatians chapter 5. And uh, let's look at this. And so I just kind of wanted to uh, uh, say some of these things. And uh, Romans chapter 5. Or Galatians, I'm sorry, my, my bad. I've got something else rolling around in my heart, and I'm trying to see if it fits somewhere and see, uh, and see what's going on here. And so um, Galatians chapter 5. And uh, we're going to look in the 13th verse. <clears throat> A lot of people... Uh, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Isn't that amazing? He said that you're called to freedom or liberty, but don't use your liberty to serve your selfish desires, but serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you're not consumed one of another. This I say, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. <clears throat> so it's an amazing thing. What am I called to do? What am I supposed to do? What's God's plan for me? Well, one aspect of God's plan for you is to obey the written Word of God. And part of the calling that God wants you to do is that you're called to freedom and to serve one another through love. Amen. Amen. And so, and then in uh, Galatians chapter, or verse or 5, let's see, let's go down here to um, verse number 22. He says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against these there is no law. 
And so uh, it's easy to get confused with this, where it says the fruit of the Spirit, uh, and you could think that that is the fruit of the Holy Ghost, but it's the fruit of the recreated human spirit. And the fruit of the recreated human spirit, one, uh, the first one there is love. Amen? And so love comes out of your spirit. Let me, let me uh, let's see here, let me say this. Uh, <clears throat> fruit is for character, gifts are for service. Uh, a lot of times people that have a call of God in their life to, to be in the ministry, sometimes they don't work as much on the character side as they do the gift side, and that can be deceiving. And a lot of times, and uh, from a layman's perspective, you can think, well, somebody preached because, you know, they got a calling to preach because they know a lot or they have studied a lot, or they've, and, it, and it'll benefit you to know a lot. It'll benefit you to study, and it'll benefit you to do those things. But at the same time, a calling isn't given because you studied a lot. And, uh, and sometimes somebody will um, have a great ministry, but have very little character. And sometimes that causes a lot of confusion. Uh, gifting is for service, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, those gifts, like the nine manifestations of the gifts, or the five uh, offices, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teachers, those are given uh, as, a, as a service on an individual to serve, but it doesn't require character to have those. That almost sounds contrary. But character is still required. That's why a lot of times you'll see a minister that he'll be a, have a successful ministry or do something, but then do something that's not of a godly character. Are you out there? Amen. That's why ministers do things that uh, are messed up or make mistakes is because they've developed their gifting, but they haven't developed their character. And, uh, and you know, that's why a lot of times individuals will die early or, or, uh, or different things. But at the same time... Um, a minister and success in the ministry doesn't validate their bad character. Amen. You can see somebody that God's, God's using, but yet they're mean or hateful. But that doesn't make that okay for them to be mean and hateful. They're just missing it. How much better would it be if they walked in love or were kind or gracious? Amen. And so, just to... Just a side thought. But God does have a plan for you. Uh, God has a purpose for you. His plan for you is to walk in love. And His plan for you is to discover uh, further revelation and insight about what His specific plan is for your life. First John chapter 4. <clears throat> we'll look at that. First John uh, chapter 4. I think everybody remembers the little song. First uh, John chapter four, <clears throat> verse number seven says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love." And so <clears throat> it says, "Brethren, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that is born of God and knows God is born of love." It's a pretty amazing thing that the love of God, the command to love, is not just something you're commanded to do without the tools to do it. We're commanded to love, but it's not a natural love. It's not a, a human love. You could, you could say it like this, it's divine love. It's the love that comes out of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love. 
And so love comes out of the heart of man. And then uh, <clears throat> let's go to, um, we've got a lot more to read here, but let's go over here to uh, Romans chapter 5. You could say, you could say uh, in one sense, uh, I guess if you're going to title this, you could call it, Love, We Have It. And um, how many of you know that um, God's not going to require us to do something or to love people without the equipment to love them? And so, <clears throat> the equipment to love people the way that God loves people is you. the only way that you can love people the way the Lord loves people is with the love that He has. Jesus, in the same way that when He died, uh, that remember in Mark 11, 22 and 23 and 24, He said, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. And we know that according to, you know, Romans chapter 12, verse number 2 and 3, that we have a measure of the God kind of faith, right? But you know, not only do you have a measure of the God kind of faith, that you have the love of God on the inside of you. You have the love of God in your spirit. Amen. And so the love of God is part of the experience of being born again. And in, 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 in 1 John it says, By this we know that we've passed from life, from death unto life because we love the brethren. For knowing that you're passed from death unto life because we love. Because we have the love of God on the inside of us. That's a sign to recognize, to know that I've been born again because I have love on the inside. The very love that sent Jesus into the earth lives, abides, takes up its home, resides on the inside of you. Amen. And so that love is on the inside of you. Is it love in your head? No, it's not in your head. Is it in your emotions and your mind and your will? It is not in your mind, will, and emotions, but it can have an impact upon your mind, will, and emotions. The love of God is shed abroad according to Romans chapter 5, and uh, we could look here, Romans chapter 5, verse number 4, and it says here, or let me get to verse number 5, and hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, or Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And, there, and, and so the, the love of God is shed abroad in our spirits. Amen? The love of God is shed abroad in your inner man. First, uh, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 23, we know the scripture where it says, Paul says, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless into the coming of the Lord. So you are a spirit being. You possess a mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. And the love is in your spirit. Amen? Uh, one of the reasons why it's good to read your Bible every day is because the scriptures are spiritual food. Scriptures are food to your spirit. What natural food is to your physical body, the scriptures are to your spiritual body. To neglect your spiritual necessities in food is to neglect God's voice in your life. If you desire to fulfill and to follow and to finish God's plan for your life, but yet neglect the written word of God, you are neglecting His ability to finish 
the course that he's laid out for you in your life. You refuse to follow his plan by rejecting his word because his words are his plan. The written word of God was inspired of holy men of God of old as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. And that same spirit lives, abides, takes up its home and resides on the inside of you to only walk in the feelings realm and in the emotional realm and in the desired realm is to walk in the realm of the natural or to walk in the realm of corruption and to walk in the enemy's realm. But when we step into the realm of the Spirit, into the realm of love, into the realm of the Holy Ghost, then we access God's realm and then we access heaven's realm. Then we access God's power and His ability and we're able to bridge the gap between the ungodly and the godly and we're able to touch those that are separated and sanctified and set apart unto hell and rescue those that are in a ship that's sinking. Thank God, thank God, thank God. But as long as we neglect the Word of God, as long as we neglect, as long as we neglect the value and the instructions that are in the very written Word of God, then we're rejecting God's plan. His Spirit is still his spirit will not chide or strive with your spirit when you neglect what he inspired by his spirit. When you reject the word of God that's come into your ears and moved upon your heart and you neglect that and reject that, then you are rejecting his dealings with your heart. Amen. And so... Um, God's plan for your life is to take the written word of God and to discover the seed of the Savior. Let Jesus become, it said in John's Gospel, the first chapter, the 14th verse, that Jesus was the Word made flesh among us. When you let that Word into your ears and saturate and nourish your spirit, man, and then let it get into your actions, you become the Word made flesh in this hour. You become the living walking, breathing, speaking Christ in the earth to this generation. Are you going to lay down your life and follow Him? Or are you going to follow your life and tell Him to follow you? No, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to lay down my desires. I'm going to lay down my plan. I'm going to lay down my, my ambitions. I'm going to lay down my works. And I'm going to take up His works. Because in His works is a bridge to heaven. Not only for me and those around about, but the all those that are lost in discouragement, despair, and doubt. I'm going to raise up the banner of the living Christ. I'm going to raise up the herald of John the Baptist and prepare a way and make a way for the Lord's return. The soon coming return. Because He's coming. 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 And will He find faith on the earth? If 
I go through the grave or if I go through the sky, I'm going to lay down this body and I will deny its desires, its flesh, and its mortal ways of being. But I'm going to lay this body down in faith and my faith will speak better things than that of Abel. But I'll say, He's coming to get me. He's coming to get me. He's coming to get me. And if I hear that sound, the sound of a trumpet, the sound in my ear, the sound of a trumpet, in a twinkling of an eye, in a glimmer of revelation and insight, we'll hear a sound. There shall come a trumpet. There shall come a sound in a twinkling of an eye. We will be changed. And this mortal shall take upon immortality. This mortal shall be swallowed up by immortality. For from the Namask in the did you know there's a seed of the rapture? There's a seed of the immortality. There's a seed on the inside of mankind waiting for the breath of God to speak, waiting for that trumpet to sound. And immortality will overcome the mortality and we'll all be changed and caught up to go out to meet Him. We'll be changed and all together we'll go out to meet Him. All will be changed and we'll all go out to meet Him. We'll all be changed and we'll go out to meet Him. And we'll be caught up and to ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 His plan is a healing plan. 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 There's no doubt about it. There's no question about it. There's no discouragement, darkness in the way, shape, form, or fashion. His plan, surely He's borne my sicknesses. And surely He has carried my pains. Oh, His plan is a healing plan. His plan is a healing plan. His plan is a healing plan. Oh, if I get it on the inside, it'll work on the outside. If I get it on the inside, it'll work on the outside. I'm going to regard the written Word of God and let it work in my flesh and let it work in my body and let it work in my mind. Woo! His plan. His plan. His plan is a healing plan. I don't know about you, but I'm going to walk in His plan. I'm going to walk in His purposes. I'm going to walk in His goodness. Oh, but what about my failures? What about my sin? What about my mistakes? What about it? I'm going to look to His obedience and let His obedience overshadow my disobedience. Oh, some brage mahans in the mohone. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anointing of God. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. His Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you're the healed of God. His Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are the healed. That you are the healed. <laughs> that you are the healed. And if that same Spirit, those that are Christ, if they have that same Spirit that raised Him from the dead, if that same Spirit dwells in them, then how much more shall that same Spirit make alive or quicken those mortal bodies by His Spirit that abides in us? 
God's tool for physical healing is spiritual. God's means of physical healing is the anointing. Men use scalpels. Men use medicine. Men use natural means. But God's scalpel is the anointing. God's medicine is the power of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, how must I receive that healing power? You receive it with your, with your inner man, with your spirit man. And then it will influence and have an impact and flow out of your spirit man into your physical man. As you receive a, an injection from a doctor's hand to go into the veins of your physical man, you can take an injection from your spiritual man and let that affect your physical man. An injection of joy. Rejoice always, except when you feel bad. No, he said rejoice always. What time is it? It's rejoicing time. It's rejoicing time. What time? It's rejoicing time. It's rejoicing time. It's rejoicing time. Woo! Yes. Well, the anointing's here to quicken, to alter, to change, to bring medicine to the physical, and to bring counsel and peace to the mind. Hallelujah. Let the love of God repair and fix and remedy self-image issues. <clears throat> Refusing to think differently is like we're using a crutch after your leg's better. Begin to think differently. Think like the Scriptures think about you. The Scripture says... Through His blood, you've been made worthy. Through Him, you've been, you've been justified and made at peace with God. Our works towards God are works of obedience, not achieving a voice with Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help us to think differently to perceive you differently. Thank you, Lord, to let us come in line with your will and your plan and your purpose uh, for our lives. Lord God, we lay down our lives for your work. We lay down our lives for your plan. Whether we've ever thought about it or not, we ask you, Lord, show us. Do you have a plan for our life that differs from what the plan that we see and what we know? Are we doing something that we shouldn't do? Or are we going somewhere we shouldn't go? Are we acting and behaving in a way we shouldn't be? But we ask you, Lord, show us your plan, your purpose. Show us your plan. We ask you formally, dear God, to show us your plan. Ah, you are called 
You are equipped and you're called to liberty and you're called to serve one another. As you keep your flesh under, as you keep your mind in step with love and patience and mercy and goodness, on the heels of treating somebody else right will come inclinations, will come glimmers of revelation, will come uh, light and insight into further, uh, in third, further aspects of your life to show you what His plan is. As you treat others right, He'll treat you right. As you esteem people right, it gives Him a way to treat you right. Hallelujah. Not that He would treat you improperly, but it gives Him the opportunity. As you love people, it enables Him to love you. As, you're, as you sow kindness, you can reap kindness. As you sow mercy, you'll be able to reap mercy. As you sow love, you'll be able to reap love. As, as you, with what measure you meet, shall it be measured back to you again? With the, with the scoop that you use to give out, with that same scoop, God will give to you. If you use a one cup measuring scoop, then He'll use a one measuring cup to get to you. So I'm going to use a wheelbarrow full to sow to others. I'm going to love others even as He has loved me. And that creates the means for Him to love me big or express that love big or to manifest that love big. My actions don't change Him, but it gives Him opportunity to change me. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I just don't see a way out. <clears throat> I just don't see a way to do things differently. But I'm not going to take it in my hand. I'm not going to take it and do it my way. But I'm just going to rest and I'm just going to trust you to show me, to lead me, to guide me. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We trust you, Lord, for your plan, your purpose being wrought in our midst. We thank you, Lord, that your love, we have it. And we're going to walk in it. We're going to obey it. We're going to reflect that and, and be fully mature in it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> uh. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't have to add anything, you know. Just see if there's something else I should do here. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Love is not merely a behavior. <clears throat> love is the substance that God is. <clears throat> God is love. <clears throat> love, sometimes we correlate love with a behavior. And when love is dominating you, it will affect your behavior. But just the behavior alone does not constitute love. Amen? 
And so some, some of the aspects of love, we saw that in Romans chapter 5, that the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. So you have the love of God in your heart, right? Just like you have faith in your heart. And, uh, but love in your heart alone is not good enough. It has to be in your heart, and where else? In your mouth. Uh, sometimes the only way to act in love is just to talk it. And, but the more you talk it, the more it'll get in your hands, and the more it'll get in your actions. Do you talk it to other people? No, you talk it to yourself. Mm-hmm. When you're facing feelings of hatred or unforgiveness or, or doubt, uh, when you're facing feelings, get quiet. Go somewhere where somebody... Remember how I used to talk about I haven't said this in a while. Uh, I used to work at restaurants. And uh, it doesn't matter if the Pope and the President are going to have a conference at the restaurant. It doesn't matter. If the Pope and the President and the Lord Jesus Himself are going to physically manifest and go in there, if it's cigarette break time, that takes precedence over everything. (laughs) If the cooks are taking a smoke break, it doesn't matter who's there. Because nicotine takes precedence over everything. And, uh, you know, I don't smoke, never have smoked, don't care about smoking. But uh, they would always take a cigarette break. And then uh, sometimes I would just quit. You know, I'd be cooking, doing my thing, and I would just go out. And they're what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm taking a cigarette break. And they're like, well, you don't smoke. And I'm like, well, why should, if they smoke, they should be able to come out here and, you know, take a break for five minutes. And I'm not able to. And they're like, that's a pretty good idea. So I would just go out and get some fresh air and walk around the restaurant a couple times and then come back in. But the thought of it is, is that sometimes in life, it's just getting too hot in the kitchen. Sometimes things are just getting too rough for you. And it doesn't mean I'm, I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. I'm just going to take a, a confession break. I'm going to take a love break. I'm going to take a Holy Ghost fellowship break. And I don't just take a break and I just go out there. See, I got love in there, but I got to get it in my mouth. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to other people about it. I'm just going to go privately, walk off somewhere and just take a minute and say, Lord, I thank you that love is working in my heart. I thank you that I got the love of God. And Lord, nobody else knows it, but I'm acting this way because I love people. I'm behaving in this manner. If I'm doing something, then I'm shutting down my own feelings. If I'm controlling my temper, if, uh, if I'm not getting somebody in trouble that need and should get in trouble, if I'm not defending my own plan or my own purpose, I may not tell anybody else why I'm behaving the way I'm behaving. But I'm going to get quiet and I'm say, Lord, I'm doing this because you said to love people. And I'm loving them. And I'm not going to get them in trouble. And I'm not going to tell on them. And I'm not going to talk this way. And I'm not going to behave this way. And I work that and then it buoys my love. Yeah. So if you need to, take a confession break. And uh, I encourage you, we all need that. So in Philippians chapter 1, um, so the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, right? And so you've got to get it from your heart, and you've got to get it into your actions. See, one characteristic of love, like most things in God, it has the ability to be stirred up. It's in there, but it's not one with us like the iced tea. Uh, like I always say, little kids, they can pour sugar in iced tea. I'm from Oklahoma, and we drink a lot of sweet tea, and you go to a restaurant... And they keep pouring sugar in there. And you can see like an inch and a half of sugar in the bottom of the glass. And then they would taste of it and they would go like this. They would grimace because it's still bitter. And they think that putting more sugar in there is going to make it sweet. 
But that is true. But if you keep pouring without stirring, it's not going to help as much. So instead of... Some, and I like to jokingly say, some people are waiting on God to pour something out on them instead of stirring up what they have. That's right. And so we have the love of God in us, but we might still taste bitter. But we got to stir up that love. Amen? And so Romans, or Philippians chapter 1, verse number 9. And this is Paul, and he says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent and that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Now I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Or I should rephrase that. Amplified classic. I, don't, I despise that I have to say classic, but it's true. Um... I would dare say that before you have a meeting, before you interact with your spouse, before you deal with something that you know that's going to be interesting, pray this prayer. I pray this prayer probably more than I pray any other prayer. I pray this prayer pretty much almost every single time I preach. Because sometimes your motivation can be saying what you want to say or do what you want to do, but then you pray this, that my love would abound. And then that's, that's about helping people. But let's read it in the Amplified. In this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more, and extend to its fullest development in knowledge, and all keen insight, that your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. Wow so that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent and of real value, recognizing the highest and the best and distinguishing the moral differences, that you may be untainted and pure and unerring and blameless, so that with heart sincere and certain and unsullied you may approach the day of Christ, not stumbling nor causing others to stumble. When love abounds, in just the simplest King James, it says, In this I pray that your love would abound yet more and more in knowledge and comprehensive discernment. It's amazing when your lo love is buoyed up, it causes you to comprehend and see differently. Mm -hmm. When it's just about you, it's about you. But then, there's so many times I've prayed this. I've got all this stuff you know, prepared to preach, or I've got some words I want to talk to somebody about or do something, and then I pray this prayer, and immediately, as soon as I pray this prayer, I can feel the Lord pull me back. Mm -hmm. And I begin to see things and approve of things that are excellent. And being above reproach, without offense, being filled with my own ideas, my own, no, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Love will temper you. Don't ask me to do this, because I can't... Well, I believe. Anybody believe in God for something? This might sound silly. I am believing God to know how to make hollandaise sauce. I've tried several times, and I always make scrambled eggs out of it. And, um, but hollandaise sauce is that egg sauce that they have on Eggs Benedict. 
and you basically have all these whipped egg yolks and stuff and then you just slowly add the hot stuff into it and you whisk it and you do all this stuff real slowly and it cooks the eggs really really slowly where they become thicker and really smooth but not scrambled and dana loves it and so and i i just i despise it i do not like it at all but i'm trying to make it for her because she likes it but the interesting thing of it is they call that tempering that you take what's hot and you add it with something that's cool and you add it just in the right way that it blends and cooks without scrambling and sometimes that's how it is with people you go in too hot you scramble the situation but you just go in little by little just a little bit here a little bit there and then it begins to blend and when it blends right, man, it's silky. Like, I've tasted it before. I'm just not crazy about it. But it's so smooth. And it's just, and it's just blended perfectly. And that's what we want to be. We want to be smooth. And when, you, when love abounds in you, it'll cause you to approve things that are excellent, above reproach, without offense. Amen? And so, um, uh, let's, uh, let's finish up. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. We'll read that, and then we'll be dismissed. I want to do this every time. When we're done, I'm pretty much done with... Uh, that the Holy Ghost had other things to say, which is fine. This is His service, not mine. So we want to do what He wants us to do. And uh, is this okay, everybody? Yes. And um, and so if you want to know how does love behave, this is a great uh, thing of how love behaves. Uh, I'm going to read this in the Amplified, First uh, Corinthians 13. And this is what's in you. This is not just in other people. This is in you. Amen. In First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, it says, "Love." endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy and is not boastful or vainglorious and does not display itself haughtily. It'd be good for you to, as a married couple to read these together. Amen. And then it says in the uh, fifth, chapter, uh, fifth verse, it is not conceited or arrogant or inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Well, that's a biggie. If you're just insisting on your rights and your way, that's not love. It is not self-seeking. And it is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Man, that's a big one. It's not touchy. Anybody in here touchy? No, no hands, please. It takes no account of an evil done to it. Man, that's another big one. Takes no account of an evil done to it and pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice but, and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes and is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails never fades out, never becomes obsolete or comes to an end. <laughs> Amazing. Amen? All right, that's enough. We'll go ahead and pray. Father, we thank You so much for this service. We thank You so much for these wonderful people. We thank You so much for the privilege that we have of being able to pastor this church here in Thousand Oaks. We thank You that this week as they go their way. We pray for them specifically, Philippians 1, that this, we pray this, Lord, that their love would abound yet more and more in knowledge and comprehensive discernment, that they would approve things that are excellent, being above reproach without offense till the day of Christ, that they would be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. 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 All right. God bless you. We love you. Come on up here, Miss Christine. She's going to divvy out the prizes. Come on up here, guys. And uh, I'm working on it, Miss Joy. Yeah. Thank you, Brother Kevin. Get all this out of the way.